0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Oh, uh, hey there. Yeah, this is this is the intro to the episode. I, I guess this is a pretty good podcast. It's a pretty good show. Um, it's called the RR Show. Like, you just grab some tea and popcorn and we'll, we'll jump into this episode. By the way, this episode we're, we're jumping into r slash nuclear revenge, so nothing special there. You, you might as well just leave, to be honest. So, grab your tea and your popcorn. Let's not dilly-dally, let's just jump straight in with our first story from a user named that Spinach8691. Tell others I hit my dog. See what's coming for you. Me and my husband, 28 female and 29 male, are in a chicken breeding club, which provides an allotment garden-like structure. We joined a year ago and got to know Klaus, an old man who actually lives in one of those said gardens. At first he was very kind, helped out one or two times. But after a while he got very greedy, telling us to help him in the garden, selling stuff for him on eBay or care for his chickens. Some people said we should keep our distance from him, but we didn't listen. He regularly invited us to drink a beer with him, acted like he knew all of town, is well known and has many connections. But the real thing was, yes, he was known, but for all the wrong reasons. We talked to him a lot in the first few months, noticed he's highly addicted to alcohol, and he tries to make a dime out of everyone and everything. You know the saying, blood is thicker than water? Eh, Not for him. At first he helped us out, for example, with giving us some tools for free or giving us money for working over at his place. Also we kind of felt bad for him, living your last days in a garden shed. But after a while he gave us near to nothing for our work, no money, broken tools, so garbage we had to dispose of, not even a thank you. He also started to talk to us in a very demanding tone, old male Karen-like. Instead of messing with him, we started to simply distance ourselves from him, not doing any more work, etc. His last effort to win us back was buying 20 weed plants and putting them in his garden and showing us. He knew we smoked. But as soon as he demanded we sell his future 5 kilos, we backed off again. As others noticed we didn't hang out with him anymore, they started to tell us how Klaus really is. He started to live there as soon as another club member since dead lost his home and lived on his farm over there. As for the rules of the club, it's not allowed. If he's allowed to, well then Klaus had to be allowed too. Klaus lived there for 14 years. Not because he got homeless or another stroke of bad luck in life, because he wanted to live as inexpensively as possible. We learned he had loads of debt, no wonder considering how much he drank. We found out this was the case since he was old enough to drink. He tried to rip everyone off of their money since forever. His brother, his best friend, even his wife. Some say if she was still alive, he would sell his own mother. As the weeks went by, we learned more and more about him, that he had done this with nearly everyone who joined the club, not only us. We saw it too. As a new member who's also mentally disabled cut his hedge for him for 16 hours and got 20 bucks and no thank you klaus started to dislike the way we stayed out of his way so in response to that he talked a lot of crap about us even threatened us to tell others that we smoked yeah it's still illegal over here i mean real full-fledged lies for example We would owe him 200 bucks. We would do parties till late at night at the farm. We would hit our dogs. At that last point, we snapped. We bought a drone, made pictures of his weed plants and got the police involved. Gotta get them before they get you, right? Klaus peacefully sat in the club's community house drinking beer at 9 o'clock in the morning as 10 police officers walked in, going directly into his garden. Little Klaus turned his head around like an owl and immediately stood up and walked outside. He asked one cop, Hi, can I help you? And they asked for his name. Oh, Mr. Klaus, we were actually looking for you. Behind the officer talking to him, the other cops raided his farm, not only finding the plants but discovered themselves he lives there. Living room with obviously used bed, food leftovers, a TV. They asked him where he has an address, and he told him the address of his long-deceased brother. They sent a car to the address, but found no clue he could be living there. By the way, he also got money from the state, social benefits, meant to cover his rent. The rent on his farm is 30 bucks a year. So that's a huge no-no, money fraud is one of the worst things you can do here. The cop stayed at his farm for the next 4 hours collecting evidence. The whole farm surroundings were patrolled by some cops, so word spread like wildfire. Every single farm owner got over there to see what was happening, cheering that this douche finally got what was coming to him after ripping off so many people. It was amazing! This dude had 14 years to make this farm his little hidey hole, making money out of it. He had split the whole community, gave us a bad name overall. Not even breeding chickens. He just had them to sell the eggs. To his luck, he was clever enough to tell the cops it's only CBD. Still illegal, but not as much. So they had to send it to test, buying him some time. The club held a meeting, and that was a shit show. As soon as the topic started, he said we planted them there. He only gave us the little plot. Most laughed, some said nothing. We voted for his eviction. Had to. As of the rules, he got 15 against him. Only 3 voted for him to stay. So our revenge is not over yet. I'll we'll keep you updated. Why did you buy a drone? Surely you could have just used your phone to take pictures of Oh, yeah, yeah. It's an excuse to get a drone. Mhm. Darling, I need to buy a drone. I think the neighbors are growing weed. Let's see if that works. Our next story is from Reasonable Theme 671. A man harassed me, and I got his retirement benefits taken away.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While well, we would love for most paranormal stories to be true... We are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. Thank you and stay spooky.
1: So, this took place over three years, give or take some. I, 29 female, left the military and picked up a contracting job in the same field. While I was starting my new career, I was also leaving an unhappy and abusive marriage. My ex husband, 29 male, was a store manager at GameStop, and when anyone asked him if they did a military discount, He'd give them discount and ask them if they knew me on base and what I was up to. A man we'll call Bubble Bass, 35-ish male, actually worked for me and the two of them bonded over their mutual hate for women. Bubble Bass would refer to me as a whore and a slut at work and even went so far as to attempt to get my home address to give to my ex. I reported the incident through proper channels and had to get a new apartment, but unsurprisingly the military did nothing to Bubble Bass. So I decided to keep my eyes on him and wait until he made another misstep. Over the next three years working with him was horrible. He would undermine my authority in the section by telling juniors that I was stupid, being intentionally insubordinate, and publicly talking about he was exploiting the foster care system to make money for the children he was supposed to be taking care of. About a year ago, another girl, 20 female, came to me and told me that Bubble Bass was approaching her in a way that made her uncomfortable. When I pulled up their chat logs, Bubble Bass was begging her to have sex with him, even though he was married and she was repeatedly telling him she wasn't interested. I convinced the girl to report Bubble Bass despite her hesitation. During the investigation, while I was interviewed, I spared no detail about what exactly Bubble Bass was doing and saying, to include fraud, waste, and abuse of government assets and systems. I kept a literal shit list with dates and times. As things turned out, there were about four other women at our base Bubble Bass was sexually harassing. Bubble Bass went to non-judicial punishment this week and lost everything. He has 18 years in the military and was 2 years away from a full retirement. He lost his clearance, he lost his foster children, he lost his honorable discharge. He is literally starting life over in his 30s with a discharge that shows he sexually harassed women with no benefits and 18 years of training in a job field that is only relevant if he has a clearance. Yeah. I'm also going to assume that when he came home being fired for sexually harassing four women, he also lost his wife. Our next story is from our ad 8093. My school actually protected me even though I was harassed outside the school premises. This occurred over a decade ago. It happened at the end of my senior year of high school. I'm from India, and girls are still afraid to tell others about being harassed because of shame and society. I was enrolled in a big school, there were almost 800 students at my school, so you can imagine the rush and crowd while leaving. It used to get so crowded and chaotic because parents and their cars and auto rickshaws waiting to pick up their kids all just crammed up to the entrance. Then you got some kids that are riding their bicycles through the crowd, others are running to nearby vendors for puris and samosas, it's almost like an amusement park. One day, while walking hand in hand with my friend, I spotted this weird, straggling man looking for a bunch of kids. I thought he might be looking for someone specific and didn't think too much about it. But I must admit, he was creepy. I saw him again a few more times daily. But one day, when I was walking with my friend, making our way through that crowd, that man crossed me. I was about to collide with him and try to avoid him, but instead he pushed me and grabbed and pinched my chest area so hard that it hurt a lot. He was so smooth with his action that my friend who was by my side couldn't tell what just happened. She kept asking me what was wrong, but I just walked mindlessly to my auto rickshaw and sat there and told her to go away. She understood and walked away as she used to live nearby. I was so shaken that when I got home and saw my parents, I burst into tears. Because I'm the only child, I was never afraid to tell my parents anything and I told them everything. My dad was pissed. And that's where our revenge started. I have never seen my dad so angry before. He drafted a plan to trap Sleazeball with his friends. We will name them Uncle 1 and Uncle 2. My dad was friends with our school principal. He visited him when I was attending the school the next day as if nothing had happened, as they told me not to tell anyone. Our principal was great and assured us that even though it happened outside the school they would fully cooperate to trap Sleazeball. At lunch they called me into the principal's office and told me that Uncle 1 and Uncle 2 would be scattered in the crowd of my English teacher. The school gatekeeper will be near me, and my dad will be near the shop where I usually spot the man. They instructed me to walk normally with my friends and avoid them as if they were strangers, but to alert the nearest person as soon as I spotted Sleazeball. My dad and others were there the whole day, and at 5pm it was time to execute the plan. As I was instructed, I was walking casually with my friend. She asked me several times because she knew something was odd, but I told her to shush and enjoy the show. And then, I spotted Sleazeball, actually harassing my other classmate, and I quickly alerted Uncle One. Initially it was planned not to hit him and just call the police, but he was caught in the act. So Uncle One dragged him away and started beating him. Soon, my dad, uncle too, and the gatekeeper joined in. Then my English teacher handled the situation, dragged Sleazeball inside the school gates and into the principal's office. My classmates surrounded me with questions and I gladly answered them and stayed outside the gates with them. After a few minutes, I was called into the principal's office where I saw the Sleazeball. I thought they might ask me some questions, but the principal gave me some apple juice and told me to relax. Sleazeball was there crying, begging to let him go, he'd never ever do it again. He was badly bruised and his clothes were torn. After a few minutes the police came and took Sleazeball and he was giving me such a deadly look that it still gives me chills to this day. My father and everyone else in the room were so happy and smiling as if it was a celebration and told me that they were so proud of me that I'd actually saved multiple girls that day. I still don't know the details, but the school took full responsibility for our safety, put that man in jail and CCTV cameras were installed within a week. Even the parking lot outside the school was covered. Imagine screwing up in life so badly that you get dragged into the principal's office as an adult. Our next story is from anonymous. My school wouldn't protect me from harassment, bullying, and threats of death and rape of my family. I didn't intend for all this to happen, honestly. This was 2006. I was 14-ish. I knew a little about computers. I knew the IT team at my high school. It was a two-man group who were quite honestly inept. This goes past making a batch file and placing it in someone else's shared folder that shuts down their PC called Killertits.bat or some other name that I thought would get kids to click on it. This was me being dumb and I brought the whole system down. I had been bullied relentlessly with a few giving full-on murder threats against my family and raping my mother. The school didn't think it was a big deal the bullying, nor the threats. One day I decided to look at the privileges given to each person. It's in XP day, so there's guest, student, teacher, and administrator. But something was wrong. Every single student had access to full privileges. I tested this theory by going into a teacher's shared folder and deleting a file. I then went on to erasing most of the shared server files finding a backup of the various servers run and deleting them and finally a plain text document with passwords and user information. I logged in with one of the IT members name and password, changed every privilege to disabled for all accounts other than admin and deleted the other admin's account. I was now god of the school's computers. I used the FTP software we used to log into the school's main web server that housed the web page and student web pages. Once more in the document, it had the address and password. And deleted most things but kept the main.html still up, albeit edited to have gay furry porn instead of the mascot or logo. My 64MB thumbstick had trolling shit and Final Fantasy VI. I deleted more stuff deleted a few key files from some shared programs, etc. The stuff that loads from the server and is shared for students to use. All in about 40 to 50 minutes. I made one final account, Chuck Norris. It was a timely reference back then and deleted the final admin account. It took a whole month for computer classes to resume. Attendance was taken via paper, students couldn't check grades online, anything related to computers in classes was omitted or changed to study hall. The two IT people were fired and they brought in experts to fully test everything. They had no offsite backups or even extra backups of the needed files. I left school a year later because of bullying and honestly, it was fantastic. Sorry that I did it. But it was a comedy of errors i wanted to do it but then i remember this i still might go back to school for it holy crap i actually did something very similar at my school um but it was a little bit different i didn't change all of the users to uh block them out i managed to change everyone's user account to admin so everyone had full access. Don't ask me how I did it. I can't remember. I was young. I just kept clicking on buttons randomly and somehow figured something out. (laughs) They fixed it pretty quick though. Anyway, guys, that is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll be back for the next one. And until then, guys, peace out. Take care.
2: unexplainable events, on our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience.